We would like to advise that the following program may contain adult themes, occasional nudity, and language that may offend some listeners. Thank God it's... Welcome to the Lindley Evans Music Studio at the ABC in Osmo for Thank God It's Friday. I'm Richard Glover and this week with the music from the hit musical Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, it's Paul Slade Smith direct from Broadway and our own Lucy Mounder. And our panel, Subby Valentine, Ellen Briggs and Rebecca De Unamuno. And our audience this week drawn from Grafton, Holgate, the entrance, Peak Hill, Kayama and Katai! The first, as always, here is the news from nowhere. Dear Mum and Dad, it's your puppy Clancy here, riding again from the city. Alas, I must break some bad news. Things have taken a turn for the worse. The two people I live with, lady and man have embarked on the most appalling new health and well-being regime. They start by lying on the floor, right there in the middle of the back room. As soon as they get down on their backs, I run over to examine both of them. I give them a good sniff and nuzzle. I pour at their cheeks. I lick their faces. They are behaving so weirdly, I must make sure they're not dead. Then Lady acts as if I'm the one who's acting strangely. Oh, shush, Clancy, she says. The meditation tape is about to begin. (laughs) I lie down next to them just to be companionable. The three of us are in a row. Two humans on their backs, arms tucked in, me on my side, legs straight out. (laughs) Then the tape starts. You've got no idea the nonsense they listen to. (laughs) It's a French woman telling them to relax. Myself, I find it quite easy to relax. I don't even need to put on a tape. For me, I just circle three times on the same spot, then collapse as if shot. (laughs) Voila, as the French lady might say. It's tougher, it seems, for man and lady. They wriggle and scratch as they lie there. The French woman tells them to concentrate on each part of their body in turn. Focus on the top of your head, she says. Then focus on your neck. Talk about tedious. Personally, I tune out when she says, concentrate on your elbow. I don't even have an elbow. (laughs) This goes on for what seems like three weeks, with a lot of very unlikely material about breathing in the energy that is all around us and bask in the love the universe feels for you. Then lady and man, who used to be quite sensible, get up and stretch and go on with a lot of hooey about the universe. Next thing, they'll be wearing purple robes and I'll be eating vegan breakfast. (laughs) Speaking of breakfast, they are also on a savage diet. There's lots of standing on the bathroom scales and moaning about, oh, how things went wrong in 2018 and how we let ourselves go and, oh, it's time to do something. I know what you're thinking. This sounds like a job for Clancy. If they are worried about eating too much, I'm perfectly placed 
to be of assistance. <laughs> and so, each dinner time, I position myself next to man's dining chair. I don't roam or sniff or bark. I just sit there, head held high, a picture of restraint. From this position, I stare at each piece of chicken as he lifts it from his plate. My head swivels to follow his laden fork as it moves towards his mouth and then back to the plate for the next bit. By staring with such damp-eyed intensity, I hope to point out the obvious. That, my friend, is 20 calories right there. <laughs> eat it or don't eat it. It's entirely up to you. But should you decide it's surplus to requirements, don't think it will be wasted. I'm willing to handle it. If I need to spend an extra hour at the park running it off, so be it. That's me, Clancy, loyal to a fault. This gets me nowhere. He scoffs the lot. The French lady might go on and on about receiving and giving in a universe of love, but that doesn't seem to include sharing a bit of chook with old faithful. Luckily, I do better with Lady. She ends up giving me a good chunk of her dinner. I go to bed that night feeling I've made a real contribution to Lady's new health regime. That's the thing about dogs. On the TV news, they make such a fuss about the dog that woke the family when the fire broke out or the guard dog who repelled the thief. I'm not saying they are not heroes, but there are plenty of other dogs, less celebrated, just doing our duty in a steady, considerate way. Things like making sure our owners aren't dead when they take up meditation <laughs> or letting them know an alternative home is available for every single piece of food they may wish to consume. In the meantime, roll on autumn when the French woman will go back in the cupboard, the diet book will be placed in the bin and man and lady will return to normal. Until then, love to everyone. Clancy. <laughs> and that's the news from Dr. Are you really meditating, Richard? You what? How's that meditating going? No. <laughs> I can't concentrate. No, no. Well, isn't that the no. point? You're not supposed to. No, but I get Free your mind, man. Free your mind. I get bored. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then I start dreaming of chicken. <laughs> so good. Um, now, let's check that you're up with this week's news. Who's, who's been acting as judge and jury on the court system? This would be the George Pell. Yeah. And thanks for bringing those up as the first question on this inherently funny topic, Richard. That's... Uh, <laughs> We well, really appreciate. We act, okay, we really <laughs> appreciate you bringing it up because there's really no way of being saying something funny about this, is there? Because then it looks like we're making light of a very no, serious no. But the reaction, topic. the reaction to it's been kind yeah, of weird. You got, you got uh, Andrew Bolt and Miranda Devine and John Howard and Tony Abbott and Frank Brennan, none of whom were there in the court for the witnesses' actual testimony, mm. who suddenly know that the jury got it wrong. I, know. I, I kind of. When I heard that, I went, wow, he's got some very tolerant friends, hasn't he? Because, like, when I think of myself, I have ditched long-term friendships for things like they've turned up ten minutes late um, or they've turned up unannounced. Or, or they, bought, they bought cheap bottle of wine for the barbecue. Oh, gone. Um, or they've, 
you know, offered me to share a drink out of the same bottle of water, gone. Yeah. Yeah. So they're very tolerant, those people. I can't imagine if I had a friend who was, you know, a pedophile. <laughs> <laughs> but it's interesting. It reminds me of those, you know, those interviews that they do, the news outlets always do the interviews with, you know, the neighbours of somebody who's committed yeah, some yeah, major yeah, crime. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, they've just killed yeah. the family or done yeah. something extraordinary. He was a lovely <laughs> bloke. He was a very quiet man, you know. We, we never suspected a thing. I mean, I think that's the point, isn't it? I mean, you're going to keep a low profile, aren't you, if you're doing things that maybe are against the law? Have you ever heard one of those sort of Channel 9, Channel 7 interviews with a neighbour? Yeah, I knew he was Exactly, bad. Yeah. exactly. He I could feel his... like ne- a person who would murder. That's right. I could feel his negative energy all the way through the fence, I swear. I swear. I knew it. I knew it would only be a matter of time. I've got a few of those people up my sleeve. You know those people you know who are a bit wacky and I kind of hope they do something really bad so I get interviewed just so I can go, I knew it. I bloody knew it. Just hoping. It's terrible, isn't it? That should be the character reference. Anyway, I knew it. That's right. I knew yes, it. Yeah. Uh, now, which winning film was more white on than right on, according to its critics? Well, this is, this is the, the Oscars were this week and, and I have watched the Oscars every year, I think, since, like, I was six or seven. I, I really look forward you're to Oscars. You're hoping they're going to get good? Is that what you're hoping well, yeah, I keep, yeah, I keep waiting for a good film to win. <laughs> and um, and, I, and I, I sat there watching it and, and, and having only seen a few of the films this year um, and uh, I must admit that Green Book, which is the film that won, I have yet to see. Uh, but Has my anyone pa- seen it? Has anyone seen it? Yeah, a few people have. But my mum rang me two days before the Oscars to tell me that they'd seen it and they absolutely loved it. And it's essentially the story of um, a a man, a white man who drives a black musician throughout the racial South, uh, racist South in the 60s. And it comes from the perspective of the white driver. And there's been this backlash saying that it's a, it's a, you know, it's, like telling a story, as, as, as we say here, Rosa Parks, <laughs> of Rosa Parks, and focusing on a white person who happened to be on the bus. Mm. But the interesting thing is, I mean, the thing about film too, this is based on a true story, this, this movie as well. Um, and so but it's it actually, a white guy's book, isn't it? It, it actually yeah. happened and it's his perspective. So I find it, it uh, interesting or curious, I guess is the word, that there's been such a backlash mm. for it because it takes all kinds of sides of a story to tell a story, does it not? I mean, it was always... It was all, it was going to be expected, wasn't it? You know, the Oscars... Uh, something about a, an old white man was always going to win because they're voted on by old white men. Mm-hmm. They're not going to vote for, um, say, the, you know, the favourite because that was about lesbians. Uh, they're not going to vote for Bohemian Rhapsody. That was about a gay immigrant. Um, <laughs> not going to vote for A Star Is Born. That was an alcoholic musician. Actually, they'd probably like that. Um, <laughs> there must be some of them on the Yeah. <laughs> they get confused, though, because the, 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 I think they just don't know what to pick, so they just yeah. randomly pick one because, you know, like... Who, does anyone remember what won last year? Anyone? Exactly. Nobody remembers. Yeah. It was The Shape of Water. Mm. The what? Exactly. Yeah. The name doesn't even make sense. Yeah. The water doesn't have a shape. Exactly what are right. They talking about? So I think they just pick random movies that, no, yeah, that, <laughs> because they, I mean, this to me, this movie is basically payback. For driving Miss Daisy, because yeah. ah, <laughs> that yeah. one in 1989, and that was just a, a, a black chauffeur and a white woman. Who we got to sort this out? Let's just swap. Let's flip it. This a win. But and it, it did. But it's interesting too because oftentimes, like whoever wins the best director or you know best original screenplay or best adapted screenplay, they often go on to win best film, and that wasn't the case uh, in this year's Oscars, which was also interesting. So I thought we may have had another La La Land moment, yes. you know, where they read out the Moonlight moment. as the best, and I I heard Green Book and I went, oh, they've done it again, how hilarious! <laughs> but it wasn't, and it was Julia Roberts, and she yeah. knows what she's doing. So. And don't cross your parents. Your parents said they no, liked they it, said so they it love must... it. If Sue and Jose love it, then it must be. It good. must be a great film. The Academy got it. 
quite absolutely right. Let's get that clear. Now, whose life got a little bit more stormy this week? Ah. Whose life got more stormy? This was old Donald Trump, wasn't it? Yeah, with, yeah. His, um, with his former lawyer, Michael Cohen, testifying. I loved how, how he came out and said he's a liar and a cheat and a racist. And we were all like, oh, really? <laughs> Do you have to tell that in court? And how the thing, he, he actually admits now to giving payments to Stormy Daniels. And to buy her silence. To buy the election, her silence, yeah. yeah. For for women who were having sex with Donald Trump. And and the thing he's most sad about is that um he he had to lie to Melania about that. <laughs> and I, as if Melania would care. <laughs> she I reckon if you looked at some of those checks, she probably signed them. <laughs> <laughs> Take him off my hands. Find more women for him to <laughs> have sex with. <laughs> like there's no there's there's nothing that we didn't know. No. Coming I, mean, out I think of this, Donald Trump admitting that he had sex with a you know porn star is probably the least surprising yeah. thing I've ever heard. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean, really, is everyone going to go? Oh, really? <laughs> Him giving other... money to charity—that would be shocking. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. Cohen said some other weird stuff though. He said that really Trump didn't want to win the nomination yeah. and then yeah. didn't want to win the election. Yeah. That it was really just a publicity yeah, stunt yeah. for yeah. his own business. Went horribly wrong. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I, I don't know about you, but I can't help but hear Stormy Daniels' name, and I have this. And I apologise, there are really great singers in the room But I, I hear this all the time I like to mount What's this money in my account? Stormy Daniels. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor Slade Smith and Lucy Maunder have just run from the room. <laughs> I do apologise, I do. <laughs> Thank God it's Friday. Sophie Valentine, Ellen Briggs and Rebecca De Unimuno. Thank God it's Friday with Richard Lover. Thank God it's Friday on your radio. Now... Airtight modern houses are having a terrible effect on our health, according to new research, which says that cooking toast, using scented candles, even washing down surfaces with a spray pack can create pollution levels inside your house, similar to standing beside a busy road in Delhi. Now, thinking about your own house, what are the main sources of internal pollution and what sort of health impacts might they be having? Um, well, I have two teenage Ellen, yes. boys. <laughs> do I, 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 have to I was going to go to you first, yes. <laughs> I mean, where do we start with just the body odour? Surely that's toxic. Mm. It feels like it. When does it start? Um, I, I seem to remember about 13. Mm-hmm. You know, I do believe... I, I, and I think, I think what happens is they eat something when they're about six and it gets stuck in a pocket in their intestine <laughs> and it ferments, you know, like a kombucha scoby in there <laughs> and starts to come out their pores. Yeah. Um, but then to counteract that, of course, they go, the Lynx deodorant. <laughs> oh, my dear mum, get me some Lynx deodorant <laughs> and I'll just about gas you to death every morning with that stuff. How much do they use? Oh, I, I can't even, like, there's just cans laying around the house. I'm kicking them as I'm walking to the bathroom. They're everywhere. They, but... It's not enough. It's never enough, Richard. Why, why also, do, also yeah. the, the lunch boxes that are left in school bags over the Christmas holidays. Do you remember those? And no. you'd open them up, or, you know, just the day before they have to go back to school on the 28th of January and the toxic fumes that come out from the sandwich that has been left in there for eight weeks. <laughs> so, yeah, our that... house is... I'd probably be better off licking a highway, <laughs> I think. It doesn't the links... Isn't the links sufficiently powerful to cover up the underlying odour. I don't think it is. I think it just adds another layer. It makes a toxic mix. That's yeah, the that's right. Yeah, it's, like, and it's like 
those, those, those toilet sprays. Yeah. yeah. That just made, that's just a weird it new smell. Make, yeah, that's right. It was right. worse than the smell that was there. <laughs> are you, you, can, are you oh, can, flower yeah. of the poo. I mean, what is yeah, that? Exactly. It's, it's a weird. The VIP. Yeah. And the Lynx <laughs> ones, the Lynx ones are all called like, you know, sport cricket. Or, you know, wild Africa. And I'm like, sport none of this one called sport cricket. How's that going to smell good? That just... Well, that apart from just being a poor league, appalling grammar. Okay, on what, on what basis do, do they choose the sport cricket as against the wild Africa? Are well, they different ones? they don't ones choose for... them because they go, Mum, can you get me some more Lynx deodorant? And I choose what one is $1.99 at yeah, the shops. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm choosing sports cricket or yeah. wild Africa. The other thing about the sandwich thing, because I sometimes give my... my because I've got teenage kids as well. The, the flask of hot food, and that's oh, bad. Because yeah. if you leave that for a couple of days in the bag, right. that you take the top off that, and that is. Yeah, I think that's get, what they use to make the links. You can just <laughs> throw that. And that's, that's that's troublesome. That's stuff. antibiotics. Can I just there? say also the thing about this? Where you're saying uh, scented candles, I get, mm-hmm. and washing down surfaces with spray, that's yeah, bad. Yeah. But toast? Yeah, toast mm. apparently. Toast is apparently to- a bad thing. Toast that's was the most now. serious of all because yeah. it sends up these very small particulates into the atmosphere. and all cast They're carcinogenic and all the crumbs in the bottom of the toast. I know in your case, Sally, the toast would be pristine. Spotless, of course. Spotless. But in most people's toasters, there's all these crumbs and they, they basically burn during the process of the toast cooking and pollute the atmosphere. Wow. Basically, mm. every slice of bread takes a year off your life. So we're worried about car pollution and coal emissions. It's bloody sourdough's the problem. That's the thing. <laughs> Who'd have thought? Reckon, Very sourdough. <laughs> Get to Paris and talk about that. Yes. <laughs> With all your bloody this. baguettes. What are you doing? <laughs> that, that, that was commissioned by celiacs, wasn't it? Yeah, Gluten-free right. people. Death to toast. I've got two teenagers as well, and uh, as well as the obvious things there. Because I think there are pockets of my son's room where there are marks on the ceiling, which I think are from odour. I think they manage <laughs> somehow. Yeah. But if the clothes is the other thing. Yeah. Just the amount of clothes. No, but the clothes. ceiling stuff. The ceiling stuff is because when you're a teenage boy, you take off clothes and you don't really believe they need to be washed. You just think they need to be rested. And here's the science that if you take them off and you leave them in the corner of the room, uh, the process, they do smell, but that's the, the, the smell that you're smelling the is a process of the dirt rising up out of the clothes, the thus ceiling. cleaning them and adhering itself to the ceiling, <laughs> thus leaving the clothes pristine and ready for another wear. Uh, maybe that was... That, That's that the teenage been, boy logic. Well, that might have been you when you were young, but my, my kids discard the clothes. They do that, but they will never wear them again. So the piles of clothes just keep getting larger and larger. They're... Uh, uh, Areas where I can't get in because of the piles of clothes, you know, and between the smell, it's like the Somme. You're just trying to fight through stuff and you can't get through. And the girls, that because I've got a daughter as well, they don't get off the hook because oh, people no. think, oh, the girl's fine. Because they've got the thing, and her mum's a bit like this as well, the whole, there are so many towels. Ta- I didn't know we owned that many towels. You know what I mean? There's been a couple of showers going on. There's towels. I think for a woman it's one for your head, one for your torso, and one for each limb. I think of how it works <laughs> after each shower. So there's just towels draped on every surface and they're all wet and they're all funking up as well. It's, it's a nightmare. It's a nightmare. So can't you buy some – I've only learnt the price of it today. Can't you buy some $1.99 <laughs> links and just spray it over everything? <laughs> well, I, we do the links as well. Yeah. All the boys do it's, the links. Oh, they love it because yeah, the yeah. advertising works. But, but I must admit, wow, I mean, because wow. I'm, I'm, I buy it as well. You go the they tell me too. to buy it, so I just go, right, I'll get you some links. So why, the advertising, what do they hope to achieve? 
achieve by it wearing it. It wins in the chicks. end, I think. Chicks. Chicks. I think it's yeah. how you get the chicks. You spray it, wins it on in the end. and yeah. all the girls, yeah. oh, all the girls run. I've yeah. seen what happens. All the yeah. girls run themself, the opposite Richard. direction. It's, it's, it's <laughs> happening. What yeah. is wrong with that, kid? Yeah, no, it happens all the time. That's not the way it works. You can't attract girls. You can't attract girls with links. No, but let's not tell them that. In my experience, the only way to attract a woman is a little little spray of Fabulon behind the ears <laughs> so they think you're good at ironing. Ironing, wow. That's the way that works. Ironing. Yeah. That's the yeah. thing that works. <laughs> hey, what are the odours in the, in the house, Rebecca? It, uh, well, um, some would say that I am full of hot air, so that can't be good, locking myself in the house yeah. all that time. <laughs> um, but I'm currently living just a few metres from our dive site for West Connects. Uh, my next-door neighbour has been renovating his place, particularly along the shared wall for the last three years, and the office building next door to me is painting all of their windows, which is dripping paint all over my awning and my house. So I've pretty much had my house locked up 24-7 for 15 years, Richard, <laughs> and, I've, and I eat a lot of toast, a lot <laughs> of toast. So I, this could be my last TGIF appearance. Yeah. Uh, this yeah. could be wow. it for me. Yeah, it could be are. all over. Um, but I, there's one thing that I'm trying to take little baby steps into helping uh, make the house healthier. So um, my rage and stress from those circumstances, I'm trying to be very zen-like. I've bought a sound machine to play at night to help me sleep and to keep me asleep when the renovation what, started. What is it? What does it play? Seven, it plays twenty-seven varieties of fan or white noise. Noise. <laughs> you, wow. you could just have Subby and I over to snore. <laughs> well, I could, but then that would be awkward. Um, <laughs> and, so why? Why? why, why what's what? Why, what does white noise sound like? Uh, well, it's different. Yeah. You've got all these different types. There's all these different frequencies, so it's just a. <sighs> Or you can have a... And the fans, there's so many varieties. There's an oscillating fan. There's an industrial fan. Uh, there's a hand fan. Like It's extraordinary. Hair so you choose, Yeah, you choose your own thing. You just pop it on. And I don't hear a thing now. And my stress level... A Jimmy Barnes fan. Jimmy can you Barnes play K-Song? Yeah, that's right. That's right. There's a fan dancer. It's extraordinary. Uh, but I've also... One other step that I've taken to help, which I think is helping making my house very, very healthy, is that I've made uh, my house... Uh, a married at first sight free zone. So, uh, look, as far as I can tell... Is that the ha- only one in Sydney? It's, yeah, I think so. And it's, it's having extraordinarily uh, positive effects on my mental health. It's just fantastic. And show- lowering the toxicity. And lowering the toxicity, <laughs> that's for sure. That show is being watched by everybody. I've never seen an episode, I'm no, proud no, to say. Never watched an episode. Now, I will watch The Real Housewives of anywhere. Me too, I will, Rebecca. Any, you, Me any too. city, anywhere, I am there watching because I'm laughing at them, it's hilarious. Like I, I, look, I go, oh, their face moved. Like it's things like that. Like it's, I love those little my catchy. You have to have a drink when their face moves. It's pretty exciting. Yeah. She, but frowned. Yeah, she frowned. She frowned. Yeah. I can tell what emotion she's feeling. Um, all that kind of stuff. But yeah, this one, I just, I, I just can't do it because these experts, if these are experts putting these people together, mm-hmm. and this is the result. Because I just see the ads and go, well, that's a disaster. I, I'm worried how much these people are getting paid. And, mm. and then again, I think I, about th- it. I think she knows a suspicious amount about this show. It's on, it's on everywhere, isn't it? Even even Gogglebox were watching it the other. They watch it every week. You so have even to though you're, you're dedicated to not watching it, I'll watch other so people watch it. It's so ubiquitous. You end up watching no. it. I watch yeah. other people watch it, and it's that's the toast fine. of TV. It just seeps <laughs> into you. Yeah, it's, it's the carcinogenic <laughs> TV. <laughs> we are with Subby Valentine, Rebecca De Unamuno, and Ellen Briggs. Ellen, along with Mandy Nolan, is doing the show Women Like Us. If you're in Glen Innes, watch. 
watch out on Friday, March the 15th, and they are in Yamba the next day on March the 16th. Women like us, everyone who's seen this says it is amazing. Ellen, uh, Mandy, talking about subjects as absolutely heartbreaking as links. Yes, yeah. there's a big part of my um, <laughs> stand-up devoted yeah. to links. See, and if you don't laugh, they spray the audience with links. <laughs> now, are you ready for the Wheel of Death, ladies? The Wheel. Yeah. Sorry, the Wheel. The Wheel of Death. Um, so uh, Rebecca's going to take on the Wheel of Death this week and when our lovely audience came here into our studios here at Ultimo, they threw these random topics onto this chocolate wheel. Today's topics are Band-Aids, Resign, uh, Wedding Anniversary, Sinking Ship, Pirates, Coffee, New Boss, Nuclear, thank you for including the word I can't pronounce, <laughs> uh, Mardi Gras, Turning 50 and volleyball and unicycle and tanning oil and dating. Wow. There's so more words there. You think you're at the more, end, didn't you? I know. There's <laughs> more words than usual. Really, the really know. bizarre thing is, is you've just described 12 months in my life. Like yeah. that, <laughs> that's right. It's extraordinary. Uh, let's give it a spin. Round and round and round it goes where it stops. Nobody knows. Today's topic is coffee. Oh. Coffee. Hello. Coffee. All right. Coffee. Okay. Here's a little bit of information that you might like to know is that I gave up coffee seven years ago. I know this sounds extreme and I know it sounds quite sad, but you see, coffee did things to me that were often really bad. I went to a nutritionist who said, mm, that's not your thing. I think it interferes with the way you act and sing. I said, yes, you see, I have a problem. If I drink one cup, immediately I have to immediately stand up and rush off into the toilet and spray VI poo. <laughs> A thing that many 13, 14-year-old children do. But you see, the thing with coffee is most people like to say that it's the most important thing and it helps me start my day. And these are the same people who have an aversion to other things, like the stuff in children's pockets at the festivals they brings. They say, no, 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 they shouldn't be taking drugs, yet they go and stand in lines and shake and moan until they fill their mugs. <laughs> you see, coffee is a drug, that's right, it's so addictive. I typed that in my phone and it spelt it out predictive. <laughs> So I don't care if you like coffee, take it with one lump or two, but the thing about a coffee, if it brings on a big poo. So remember, as you say this and you judge the others near, that coffee is just something else, a vice, you see, my dear. So think about giving up coffee. I can admit it is a breeze. Not really. Every time I see one, I sneeze. And then I really want something so that I then have to replace. And I decided to go somewhere special to that Emporium Tea place. You see, now I've replaced addiction with caffeine, yes, you see, with lots of different things in jars. They're called a herbal tea. I have 15 varieties. Come over, take your pick. And none of them, I guarantee, will make your stomach sick. So everybody rant and cheer and say hooray for coffee. I'm not one who will agree with that. No, no, I am a scoffy. <laughs> so do this one thing. Think about it. Think about when you fill your mug that caffeine is perhaps, ladies and gentlemen, the most addictive drug. Amazing, Rebecca, the Unamuno. A rhyming poem 
out of nowhere with a random got, topic. I got uh, a little I, bit honest there, didn't I? <laughs> can I say I thought the mugs drugs, fantastic. Thank you. Addictive, predictive. Yeah. This is all on the run, okay? Fantastic. Coffee scoffy. That's the best. That's the best. Oh, What's yeah. scoffy mean? When you scoff at something, <laughs> you get all scoffy. I, I know. In hindsight, I should have said toffee. I know. I really, I really should have. But see, I've just, I've got that. I've just got to say, the world of pure imagination, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, and me just doing improv. Then, when I was a kid, I watched Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, uh, the movie, and I heard, and I love Gene Wilder. I used to watch all these movies, and that song. Every time I improvise, every time I step onto the stage, a little bit of it just plays in my head. So that was a really special Isn't moment. Great. Isn't that one? Oh, Aww. there you go. Isn't she? I mean this in the best. You are a freak of nature. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I'm I single. Know, I, don't know, I don't know how she does it, but it is amazing to watch. Uh, now, uh, and in fact, if you want to be part of this, see, a lot of people who listen to this on the radio just don't believe it. They say, you must have given her that topic, you know, two weeks ago. But it, it's true, isn't it? It's true. You came in here, you threw the topics, I did the wheel, she got the topic. Yes. She did all Thank goodness rhymes. it wasn't unicycle. And, <laughs> I've got nothing to rhyme with. Lycal. <laughs> exactly. Uh, now, what so- was that, Lycal? <laughs> and you scoff at scoffy. <laughs> uh, now, some words from Aboriginal English are to be included in the school syllabus, it was reported this week, including sister, bro and cuz. What are the slang words from your teenage years that could really form a useful part of anyone's lexicon? Subby Valentine. Stretching my memory, but... Um... Everything was unreal yeah. when, oh, I was, yeah, when I was a teenager. Oh, mate, it's unreal. Oh, How's the party? It's unreal, mate. Yeah, it was a banquet. They were unreal. Oh, it's unreal. And the next thing, yeah, unreal. Yeah, it's unreal, mate. Again, Richard, as I said, you meant it's very hard to say without swearing, but it's, yeah. there are other words <laughs> that go with it, but generally, it's unreal. It's just unreal. So unreal is very big. And then the other one we said, instead of saying um, no, as if. Yes. Yes. Give us five bucks. As if. Yeah. He wouldn't just say no, that's not enough. You'd have to rub it in, as if. But so if I did give you five bucks, it would be... Unreal. <laughs> <laughs> and, the, and, we, and the other one that just popped into my head that we used to say, it's really weird thinking about them because they made no sense, um, dead set. Yes. Oh, how's, oh dead set just yeah, where, means where yes. Did we, where did we get that I from? don't know what it, really where it comes from, but I used, there was, you know, those periods in your life for about six months, you just say it all the time. Yeah. But, and you can't think of what you said instead and then all of a sudden it's gone. But dead set... Was, oh, dead set. Yeah. And, then, and the music newspaper at the time was called Go Set. Go so set. was yeah. Go Set a bit dead set? No, I think, no, I think, that, was, I think that was pre-dead set. I think <laughs> dead, dead set, set legend? Post-go set. Dead, dead set. Oh, he's yeah. a dead set legend. Dead set, dead set mate. <laughs> um, and the other one we used to like, because it was a bit naughty and we used to get away with it and we could say it at school for a while, um, we'd say, uh, oh, instead of saying bloody oath, oh, Ken Oath. Oh, Ken, yeah. Ken Oath, mate. Mm. Oh, yeah, Ken Oath. Because mm. that's... And what it took the headmaster five years to work out what you're saying. Well, that's right, because you just removed the per from the beginning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you just, and you could say, I can't oath. Yeah. And the teachers would be like, yeah, yeah. But they, they banned it in yeah. the end. Yeah. They and just it, got to know, because everyone's just kenning oath all over the place. And there's, could, there's so much ken oathing in the school. Everyone wanted to know who ken oath was. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, yeah. So it was just hilarious. So they just had to, they just cracked down on ken oath. Yeah. So ken was expelled, basically. <laughs> so and, they said, and you said, sir, can we say that? And he said, as if. <laughs> and then finally the other one, which we used to use all the time, was uh, cactus. Remember you say oh, that? Yeah, Everything, if, something was, if something was no good, it was cactus. Oh, mate, the car's cactus. 
absolutely cactus. But why, why was a fine aguave plant from Mexico imported to be the... Uh, yeah, I don't the know. And it was, again, it was very metaphor for... Well, it was confusing because I went to an agricultural school. So if you were doing horticulture and they say, what do you think is wrong with that tomato plant? Oh, it's cactus. <laughs> <laughs> Fail. You know. So that's... It was very confusing. We're here with Sully Valentine who... Finds a way in every edition of Thank God It's Friday to work into the conversation that he went to the selective school that, that leads the HSC tables. And look at me now. <laughs> what were the what were the Ellen Briggs? What were the words from from your adolescence that oh, well, really like, would be useful to bring back? Uh, well, Durry. Remember, used to bum a Durry of someone. Um, mole. That's what you know. That's what you called a wood, didn't you? Chick he didn't like. Oh, you mole. Um, Again, how how come? I don't know. Because they're cute. Moles are cute, aren't they? And, you know, like they. Well, I don't know. They was live, it the they animal mole, or was it a, a skin bit... cancer? Oh, maybe it was. A... No, I don't think we were smart enough to think of something that <laughs> offensive. To be honest, um, um, pash. Uh, yeah, he used to have a pash behind the bike. Does that not happen anymore? Do people not? Do pash? people still? I don't think. No, they don't kiss anymore. anymore. No. Oh, they kiss. They don't do <laughs> no. it. Right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, scrag. Yeah. yeah, you'd have a scrag fight. I can put them all in a sentence still to this yeah, day. Yeah. yeah, I bummed a durry off a bloke. Next thing we're having a pash and some mole wants to have a scrag with me. <laughs> <laughs> the glories of Australian English. Oh, it's bringing it all back. Beautiful, Rebecca. Oh, look, the pash is definitely yeah. uh, one of that, which then extends to if you, you happened to uh, pash someone who with a bit of stubble, you then ended up with pash rash, pash rash. Yeah. which uh, which is always, you know, a good, a good saying. And then I think now um, instead of pash, I think it's a – I think snog has taken over, which I think is a very British term. We should be fighting this on the beach, we shouldn't should we? Be. I mean, pash is so much better than snog. Pash is yeah. so much – because pash implies the pa- that it's passionate. Mm. Doesn't or at it? least followed up or, by a can of passiona. Uh, yeah, well, exactly. Or and it like never that. was passionate. It was never no. passionate. It was Even just though it implies it, it was disgusting. It's ironic, maybe. You disengage the tongues and move on. And it's, and it's also make out is now very popular now, I think, amongst you. Yeah, make out. And that's the American, like, make you know, want to make out. And hook up, yeah. Hook up, they hook up. And then we uh, we also had, uh, if someone wanted to date you, if you were in high school and a guy or girl oh, wanted yeah. to date you, they'd say, will you go with me? And um, and that was really incredibly ironic because we couldn't afford to go anywhere. So you'd uh, literally just sit there and hold hands and then, oh, she's going with so-and-so, going with? Yeah, she's going strange. nowhere. She's and then yeah. what happened, she's, what happened yeah. at the end, Rebecca? Yeah. You'd well, pash. You, no. no. You get dropped. You get dropped. Oh, you get dropped. But That's you don't right. drop them. You get your friend to go and say, "Oh, yeah. he says you dropped." Yeah. That's right. <laughs> in fact, I actually had—I uh, actually was asked uh, to go out with a boy when I was in year six, and uh, I was on the handball court, yeah. and uh, there were four There's of us, word four of us playing handball. Uh. And, uh, and we were just, and I was a bit of a gun handball player, I have to admit. And I was, uh, ha- handball is not a euphemism, ladies and gentlemen. No, no. <laughs> I mean, it could be. It might be but now. I was, you know, and it goes ace, king, queen, dunce, and, and I was ace at the time, so I'm playing handball, and I was just in the middle of it. And it was because it was rare that a guy from a different class would ask to go with a girl from another class. Like, you just interclass dated, which is weird in itself. But anyway, this guy, this guy came over to me, and he was from another class, and I'm in the middle of the handball game, not flock. Fuck, fuck. And he goes, Stop oh, swearing. <laughs> <laughs> Knoth. 
can I, can I? And this guy came up and said to me, oh, Greg wants to know, will you go out with him? And I did not pause. I finished my shot and I went, yeah, no worries. And just <laughs> kept playing. And just kept playing. But there was also things like, we, you, you were saying like everything was unreal, yeah. like everything. But we had, I don't even know where this came from and I still don't understand it. We started saying untold. Yeah, untold. We did untold. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. So untold. Yeah, and I think untold. it's because like never seen before or yeah. never to be seen again. It was like this unique. Yeah. Un- you you did was, that too? Yeah, untold. It was Unreal wasn't enough. Unreal wasn't enough. It had no, to be untold. It, oh. it never got as far as Mullen Bimby. I'm sorry, Ellen. <laughs> that's no. right. And no, then no, we were just going, wow. <laughs> <laughs> and then another favourite of mine was when somebody said something, you'd go, oh, duh, Fred. Yeah. Yeah, so whilst Ken was oafing, you know, Fred, <laughs> Fred was... was being dirt all the time. And that's uh, and then it actually, um, it's moved on. I, I quite like the term now because that was, you know, dirt Fred, it's like it was so obvious. Whereas I like the term now that's quite popular, which is no Sherlock, which is, yeah, uh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah which yeah. is the You're equivalent. Not Sherlock yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, which is yeah. no poo Sherlock. Mm. There you go. That's, mm. But it's the other no, one. No, I, <laughs> I think you're running down the glorious language of our past, the passion, the... Oh, Unreal. hash rash, those are the days. Yeah, those were As the if. Days. Yeah, no, it happened two weeks ago. As <laughs> if. <laughs> Thank God it's Friday. Sabi Valentine, Rebecca De Unamuno, Ellen Briggs and our wonderful audience. Thank you for coming. <laughs> Now, a wedding venue in Britain is under fire this week for offering a course for husbands-to-be in which they are taught how to cook, how to make tea and even how to turn on a washing machine. Some saying it's sexist to assume men are unable to achieve such tasks without training. What would you put on the course for a husband academy like this one in the UK, Ellen? Uh, I think it is a bit sexist. I think men can do those things now. What men can't do is do them without expecting a brass band to come in and (laughs) congratulate them at the end of it. You know, like I've got to just about get an Edinburgh tattoo in (laughs) if my husband wipes down the bench. Oh, see, I wipe down the bench. I wipe down the bench while you were out. If he cooks a meal, oh, you should hear that. Every every mouthful he finishes, this is good, isn't it? Do you like it? This is good, isn't it? Do you like it? I can teach you how to cook it, Ellen. Do you like kids? Do you like it? Do you like the milk? It's nice, isn't it? Oh, yeah, so I think we should just And when be able you have to guests to dinner and they leave, does he run down the driveway after them saying, oh, it's yeah. great, <laughs> That's why they leave. <laughs> Actually, the other male thing with cooking is when the guests are leaving and they're driving away, he's saying, it was re- I ruined it, didn't I? I overcooked, I overcooked the Bernays, didn't I? No, come back, I overcooked the Bernays. <laughs> so, yes, I, I think it is a bit of an, a, an old sexist idea. I think men are doing uh, things around the, around the house. Although, oh, we're great. We're yeah. good. Yes, we just have to Aren't keep telling you. Yeah. Yeah. We just have to keep telling you about it. Yeah, so that's, that's what I would have the academy. So, Sally, what should be on the, the, the list for the husband academy? First of all, I'm just worried about this incident with you and the Bernays. Are yeah. you okay? Because it sounds like it's, <laughs> sounds like it's scarred you. Well, you're hoping, <laughs> you're hoping they'll stop the car, reverse the car and just offer you a bit of quiet reassurance. Have you, have you invited them back? Because I, th- I don't think you've really Well, no, because they, they, they left the state. <laughs> It was, it was that, that bad. bad. <laughs> I agree. I, all those things I think are quite normal. I think what you need to teach men to do um, is how to pretend to be good communicators mm-hmm. um, and pretend how to listen. Mm-hmm. Uh, because men, a lot of men nodding because it's like, yeah, because, see, as a man, you, you listen. Because right? as far as I'm aware and most husbands-to-be would be aware, you listen with your ears. 
that seems to be the general vibe. Mm. But not, that's not enough for your wife. <laughs> you have to listen with your whole face <laughs> and, in fact, your whole body. So you think, I can listen to this, what you're saying, while I'm fiddling with this radio and this tiny screwdriver. No, you can't. <laughs> yeah, all your face has got to be involved in the listening and possibly some hand movements <laughs> and even the, your posture. If your posture's wrong, that's big no-no. You're standing the wrong way while listening. You're not taking me seriously. Look at the way you're standing. So listening. I think there's a suspicion that when you're fiddling with the screwdriver and the radio that you, con- you might not actually be listening. Well, that's ridiculous. <laughs> As I've pointed out, you listen with your ears. Yeah. I don't need to listen to the radio while I'm fixing it. In okay, fact, so that's the she, whole point. It's broken. If, if she says, you're really not listening to me, what do you say? Sorry? <laughs> you say, you as say, if. As if. That's right. Rebe- Rebecca. Oh, look. My experience with husbands is minimal, <laughs> uh, seeing as I've never had one. Uh, but I've seen a lot of husbands. Good on them. You've got the white noise, which is I've very got the similar. White noise. <laughs> <laughs> You've seen a bit of maths. I've seen some maths. No, I haven't. That's the thing. Um, see, because I'm just a bit concerned that if I did get a husband, then these single things that I really enjoy doing will sort of have to change or alter, like like sleeping using the entire bed, like things like that. Like, yeah, just Starfish, spread eagle. Yeah. I love it. Oh, that's the best. I'll tell you, it's the best. But I think in the course there should be a um, how to think outside the box when choosing a bride option for them, just so it gives okay. me a chance. You mean oh. <laughs> Another one is uh, there should be a compulsory practical exam of which I'm willing to facilitate. Uh, <laughs> And uh, it's, it's, it is. It's just sad. I mean, I liken my love life to – I'm at that age now where I liken my love life to – it's like a cricket match, okay? And so all of these teams have been established for quite some time. You know, these couples have all been established. But I'm just waiting there in slips <laughs> for just one ball to come through <laughs> just, and, and for me to catch it. I can get the wicket. Just normally just come in pairs. <laughs> just all I need is a nick. I'm not fussy. You just need a nick. I could, I'd even just, just – I'd even – Take a square leg. Look, honestly, I'm really or not a that silly middle. Silly middle. Anything. I'm who, not were, who were the winners and losers of the week? Just quickly, Subby. Uh, my loser is me because um, we all know the heartwarming story of Hakim Al Arabi. Yes. Um, you wrote a very nice piece about it, and Thank the guy you. who was finally released from uh, the Thai jail. Uh, and I got right into this story, and I was right behind it. So uh, two days before he was released, I bought a uh, Save Hakim T-shirt. <laughs> Uh, which didn't arrive until 10 days later. <laughs> uh, he'd already been out for a week. Uh, it cost me 40 bucks. You know what I have to spend money on clothes, Richard. So it, it, simultaneously, it is the newest thing I have and the most out of date <laughs> at the same time. Amazing. And my winner, very quickly, is a, a young woman named uh, Hayley Rasso, who's a fantastic footballer. Uh, who uh, plays for the Matildas for Australia and she broke three vertebrae in her back last year and she was worried she wouldn't walk again. On Thursday night, scored a goal for the Matildas. She's back and she's great. And and won the game for them. Ellen, winners and losers, Um, just quickly. My my loser is Ida Buttrose. She's become the boss, you know, 77, still working. She's got to work until she's 83. But she's also my winner because imagine how good her superannuation's going to (laughs) be. And uh, personally, as a 60-year-old employee of the ABC, how wonderful to see somebody who has supported the aged for so long. (laughs) Uh, Thank God it's Friday. Please thank Subby Valentine, Rebecca de Unamuno and Ellen Briggs. 
Thanks for being part of it. Next week, Rebecca is back alongside Angela Lavoie-Pierre and Jean Kitson Music next week from Felicity Urquhart. Until then, I'm Richard Glover, and thank God it's Friday! Yeah.